passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, live today in Atlanta as we went down to watch the Phillies here get a split. And, of course, thanks to our friends at Fans of Philly for sending us to Atlanta. If you travel to see the Philly teams on the road, then do it with our friends at Fans of Philly. Fans with a P at Philly.com. I know a lot of people were with Fans of Philly this weekend, Hugh, out in Los Angeles to watch the Eagles and to also watch a pretty big game, the biggest one so far of the season, by our next guest, Dallas Goddard. Dallas, we're sponsored by Colonial Hyundai. ColonialHyundai.com, the fast, easy, better way to buy a Hyundai. Dallas, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. So, so Dallas, my question to you is this. What was it like to be all the way out there in L.A.? And from what I heard, it was a huge contingent of Philadelphia Eagle fans. So what was it like feeling like, you know, even though you were, you know, you were on the West Coast, it felt like you were playing a home game? Yeah, you know, the Philadelphia fans are, are the best in the world. And like you said, I mean, it was a sea of green out there. It was loud the whole game. Um, I know I know they had to change up their snap count. It was so loud the whole game. I think both teams were on silent. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, like always, Eagles fans are everywhere. So it was really cool to, you know, go all the way across the country and it felt like a home game. So uh, it always makes our job that much easier when that happens. Dallas, how did it feel to uh, to get involved really early? It felt like right from the jump in that game, first series, uh, you, you know, we could all tell, I'm, I'm sure the numbers reflected it quickly, that you were about to have and you did have your biggest game of the season. How did it feel to, to get those catches and those yards early in the game for you after you know four weeks of good play by you and the team, but, but you particularly weren't having a big impact in the passing game until Sunday? Yeah, it was a lot of fun and it's always cool um, early in the game when you get targets your way, get a few catches. Um, you know, that first drive was just, just a lot of fun for me. You know, I had four in the touchdown. So, uh, especially after the first four weeks, you know, I was waiting my time and it finally came. And 
um, I was going to do with the most of my opportunities that I had that game. You know, Dallas, I'm curious. Is that one of those situations where, like, you go into a game and Coach say or, or Jalen say, hey, man, I'm going to try to get you into the game early? Or is it one of those things It just happens naturally with the coverage that you're seeing? It, it more happens naturally with the coverage we're seeing. Um, you know, we got we got such a good team. We got, you know, Schmitty and AJ on the outside. They're so dynamic and what we can do in the run game. It's just there's stuff for me every game plan, but it's just a matter of, you know, how are they how are they going to take away Smitty and AJ on the outside and um, just different things that we can do and how they're going to play us and who they want to take away. And um, this week, you know, uh, Jay was able to find me quite a bit. And, you know, it was a lot of fun that way. And it was a good job of the whole team getting the win. Dallas Goddard joining us here in the Midday Show. Dallas, during the broadcast, Fox had mentioned, and, and my guess is that this was a conversation they had with Nick Sirianni in those production meetings, that he was appreciative of you uh, keeping your head up, doing, doing everything for the team, especially in the blocking game and the run game, even though you hadn't had a big impact in the passing game yet. Is that something you and Nick Sirianni, maybe you and Brian Johnson, talk about? Is it just understood that your number is going to get called and you'll get those catches eventually? Or had there been a conversation you guys had that, hey, I got you, we're, we're coming to you soon? Um, it's early in the season. We have a, a roles meeting where, you know, everybody on the team is set with their roles and, uh, what their expectations are. And, um, you know, I know there's always a good opportunity. I know I'm always, um, in the game plan to get it. And, um, you know, this year it, it took a little bit of time before my number really got called, but, um, it's just something that we saw last year when AJ got here and, you know, Schmitty didn't have any catches week one and then went with a great uh, game on week two. And, you know, I thought that might be what happens to me this year, but it took a little bit longer. And, um, you know, we just all have to be uh, really selfless and, uh, you know, do whatever's best for the team. Uh, know that if it's not this week, it could be next week. And if it's not that week, uh, it's going to be coming. So um, we've had conversations, but I knew, I knew uh, what they expected of me and what they wanted of me and what I could do to help the team win. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Dallas, speaking of Nick Sirianni, you know, we've gotten to see it now for you know, three years he's been here as the head coach. He's a very emotional coach, both in the good and the bad. You know, when things are going good, he's jumping up and down with you guys. He's celebrating, nodding at the camera. And then sometimes we see when he's frustrated, and he was, he was pretty animated the other day yelling at Jalen Hurts, you know, whatever it was, whatever the conversation was. But you could just see the animation he had there. H- had you ever played for a coach before like Nick that gets so animated on the sidelines? And what is it like playing for someone that doesn't hide his emotions on the sideline? Yeah, he's probably the most, uh, you know, animated, most passionate coach in, in those terms that I've played for. And um, for me, I, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. You know, he loves the game tremendously. He's, he's a competitor and uh, you know, he wants, he wants to be out there with us. And, um, for me personally, I just feed off of his energy, you know, whether it's, uh, him screaming and hyped. I love it. Whether he's yelling at the refs because he disagrees with them. Uh, you know, I love that as well. So, uh, when you can play for a coach that's as passionate, you know, as, as a team, we feed off it and want to try to match his energy. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun playing for him and, uh, you know, being able to watch him on the sidelines, always a little bit of a treat as well. You know, Dallas, another successful tush-push. Now I've gotten to the point now when I see it, I, I look at you and I'm wondering what kind of trash talk that you're doing. So if you could, just just clean it up for me a little bit. What were some of the things that you were saying to them when you had that successful tush-push? 
Man, what did I say? I think I told uh, Aaron Donald that he needs to come off the ball harder. Um, I told a couple people that they need to get their weight up. I tell them to stop jumping. Um, you know, a lot of times I just be telling them that we should just they should just give it to us. Um, but yeah, we've had great success with that this year, and uh, we continually try to adjust and uh, you know make that play better. I think uh, Coach Sirianni showed us the um, the tip sheet on it, and it's it's one full page of tips that we have on that play, which seems like it should be super easy, but uh, a lot of detail goes into it to, um, you know, kind of perfect it the way we have. You know what? I I just got to let you know, man, every time y'all do that, I'm going to ask you every week, (laughs) what did you say? Because for whatever reason, I'm fixated. Every time I see it now, knowing that you're the one that talks trash, I'm going to ask you, to clean it up for me and just tell me what you said. Because, man, that that is money. As a defensive player, I wouldn't like you guys because it's it's money every time you guys line up in that formation. Every time. They, they, they definitely don't enjoy it. And, uh, you know, it's my favorite part is the long process of, you know, 20 seconds, everybody getting up from the bottom of the pile, the refs trying to figure out where the ball is. And, uh, you know, after everybody else gets gets up, you see Kelsey rolling off the ground, getting up real slow. So, uh, there's funny stuff that happens in that play every time. Dallas, you mentioned the preparation that goes in, the, the, the sheet of, of tips to, to do it correctly, and, and we've seen other teams around the NFL try to do it uns- unsuccessfully, or at least not as successfully as you guys. How, take us into practice. How often is it practiced? Is it, you know, you know, in a football practice, obviously you do different things, situational stuff, red zone stuff. Is there a tush-push part of practice? Is it part of the short yards? Like, is this a thing you guys are practicing on a weekly basis, a daily basis, take us into the how often you guys are practicing this play for it to be as good as it is on Sundays. Yeah, um, it's definitely uh, a daily thing. Um, we do it more in walkthroughs than anything. We don't do it with full pads on and uh, risk injury and stuff like that. But uh, we'll do it multiple times in a walkthrough, different shifts, different motions, um, different way we can line up. Um, you know, and it's really just, uh, Kelsey and Landon and um, Cam or Suo, who's ever playing guard on the other side, and then the tackles, you know, so uh, Jalen can kind of feel how they're going to be creasing it. And, you know, sometimes it's Landon coming down, sometimes it's Landon going out, and uh, Jalen just does a really good job of, you know, feeling that space, finding that crease, the soft spot, and uh, being able to get the little bit of yards we need. All right, Dallas, let's end with this before we look forward to the this Jets game coming up on Sunday. Things are clicking, right? Things are moving. We, we kept wondering about this offense and when it's going to go. Well, the pass game got going. You got going. There's one thing left now, and it's the red zone. What do you, what do you guys think is the biggest issue there? Because it just seems like you've st- you stalled more this year there. I mean, Jake Elliott's kicked a bunch of field goals last year. He didn't kick as many early in the season because you guys converted a lot of touchdowns. What do you think the issue is? Is it the way teams are playing you guys at the red zone, or is it more self-inflicted stuff that you guys can fix yourselves? Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, the way the defense is playing it and then self-inflicted, uh, you know, when you get down there, uh, there's less space. You know, the vertical threat is gone. So uh, the space on the field goes down so much. Um, you know, we just need to be better as a team, um, uh, staying ahead of the sticks and uh, getting, you know, if it's first and goal at the 10-yard line, you know, we need to be able to move the ball closer so we have a, a higher percentage chance of scoring and, uh you know, I think it's all stuff that we can clean up and we'll get better at it as the year goes on. And um, But it's definitely something that we're really uh, focusing on and we know that we need to improve on it and uh, it's something that we're going to do here. 
Yeah, we need more of those like that first touchdown on Sunday. Jalen hit you in that in the end zone there. Dallas, we appreciate you hopping on as always, and uh, good luck this week against the Jets. And I'm sure next week Hugh will ask you about what you say to the Jets in that Definitely. push push. Definitely ask him about the push push. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Thanks, Dallas. We'll, we'll talk next week. There he goes, Dallas Goddard, Eagles tight end there after a big win. And, uh, and he, we, you called it last week, 100 yards. He had 100 yards. Yeah. It was a matter of time. He's too good of a player to have. He's a big physical tight end, yeah. man. And, and, and it's funny because I, I do. When I, when I see that formation and, you know, just talking to some of the guys and, and talking about how he's the mo- one out there chirping the most, he would, like, if I played for the other team, I wouldn't like Dallas Goddard at all. I, I could tell you that. I, could be, I think it's safe to say that. But as an as a Eagle, love him to death. I like the fact that, that you know, He's a selfless player, and, you know, he's going to get his. He's definitely going to get his. He had a good game last week. He did. Great game. I mean, he really did. Over 100 yards, a touchdown, and, uh, and he got the breakout. Now they got to fix the red zone. All right, coming up, we'll get back to all of the Phillies' conversation, your phone calls on the split in Atlanta, and we'll talk a little bit more about the moment where it felt that game took a turn. Howard Eskin joins 1130, and apparently he has an interesting nugget on Jalen Hurts and his thoughts on, of course, this Phillies' Brave series now tied. Heading back to – well, we know that. 215-592-949. It's all coming up. We are live in Atlanta. It's the Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP.